Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Muhammad coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. This is the Rates and Lanes podcast, and we are glad that you are here to join us tonight. We will be going over the uh, latest DAT trend lines report. Also, we'll be going over the USDA fruit and vegetable truck rate report. But we also will have our very special guest will be stopping through, kind of give us a little wrap-up of what happened up in Kentucky, up at uh, Louisville at GATS. Mr. Chuck Snow, the CEO of Traffics, will be joining us here shortly. Um, as a matter of fact, I think Chuck may be on the line right now but I'll have to wait and see, try and get back over to them and, and get them pulled up. But uh, with no further ado, we'll jump right over into the USDA Fruit and Vegetable Truck Rate Report for this week. And we're starting to see um, a little bit of movement. Things are starting to heat up springtime. Spring has sprung, and uh, we've got some uh, fruits and vegetables starting to move with some good frequency, and we're going to let you know exactly where you can start looking at uh, to, to make some inroads on some good rates in particular parts of the country. Um, right now, we'll just cover the slight shortages and the shortages that are showing. Actually, there are no markets that are showing a complete shortage, but we have several that are showing, showing a slight shortage, and that is Idaho, Merrill County, Oregon, showing a slight shortage. Uh, Aristotle County, Maine, is showing a slight shortage of trucks. We actually have one market, well, two markets reporting slight surpluses, and those markets are San Luis Valley, Colorado. Minnesota, North Dakota is reporting uh, slight surpluses. Eastern North Carolina shows a slight shortage of trucks. New York is showing a slight shortage of trucks that are for moving uh, onions are coming out of New York. And Columbia Basin, Washington, is showing a slight shortage. Those are all the things that uh, are coming in on the report from the USDA truck rate report. I will possibly try to get a link put out a little bit later on. Um, if you follow us on the uh, podcast Facebook page or if you follow me personally on Facebook, I'll try and get a link put up so that you can go check those out. And I'll try and get them in all the groups as well uh, if you want to go and check out that USDA fruits and vegetable truck report. Uh, there's a lot of good information in that report, some things that you can use to help with your negotiating tactics. Uh, sometimes just as a word of caution, sometimes that the uh, some of the rates that they show in the truck rate report are a little inflated. You have to give room for the brokers to take their commissions and everything out of, out of those rates. So just be forewarned unless you're dealing with direct customers. And even then with some direct customers, they're starting to uh, get a little hip to the game and they're putting the squeeze in on uh, trying to get those rates down as well. But always a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge that you can have at your disposal by having arming yourself with that information. Let's see here. This week on the DAT Trend Lines report, rates are steady as Q1 ends. March 22nd through the 28th last week showed a 12% rebound in freight availability, boosted load-to-truck ratios for vans, reefers, and flatbeds. National average rates remained mostly stable. However, at the quarter, as the quarter drew to a close, we started to see a um, little bit of rebound and, and a little bit of the freight that was available out there. So with no further ado, let's jump into the U.S. van demand for the week of March 22nd through 28th. 
And the report for the National Van Demand and Capacity reads as such, van freight availability added uh, surged 19% last week, nearing the end of the month in the quarter, but truckload capacity also added 2.8%. The two metrics usually move in opposite directions. The national average load-to-truck ratio increased 16% for vans from 2.9 to 3.4 loads per truck. February capacity added 5.5%. The load-to-truck ratio averaged 2.6 for vans in February, a 6.6 decline compared to January. Load availability slipped 6.1% and capacity added 0.5% month-over-month compared to a typical demand in February of 2014. Last month's ratio was off by 52%. So we're going to move on and check out the U.S. van rates for March 15th through the 21st. And computers going crazy right now. Just bear with me just a second. Let me get a chance to refresh. There we go. Van rates were unchanged again last week, and national average rates were $1.94 per mile. Rates may increase this week as shippers gear up for the end of the quarter. Checking in across the country, we'll start out up in the northeastern corridor. Philadelphia shows an average van rate of $1.87 per mile. Atlanta checks in with an average van rate of $2.02 per mile coming out of the southeast region. Going over to the Midwest region, we show Chicago checking in on average of $2.04 a mile for dry vans. Dallas checks in at the low watermark showing for the south central region of the United States at $1.73 for dry vans. And going out on the west coast swing, Los Angeles wraps us up showing a $2.10 average per mile for dry vans. Moving on to U.S. flatbed demand for March 22nd through the 28th, flatbed load availability added another 13% last week and capacity declined 7.3%, boosting the load-to-truck ratio by more than 21% from 16.4 to 19.9 loads per truck. Low volume dipped 3.7% for flatbeds in February compared to January, and capacity increased 3.6%, 3.6%, yielding a 7% decline in the load-to-truck ratio month over month. The ratio slid 52% compared to February February of 2014, when extreme weather led to a typical demand for all equipment types. Moving on to the U.S. flatbed rates for March 22nd through the 28th, bed line haul rates rose another one cent last week and the average fuel surcharge remained unchanged compared to the previous week. The total rate was $2.19 per mile as a national average. Rates fell, the national average rates fell for flatbeds again by $0.08 in February to $2.13 per mile compared to February of 2014. Flatbed rates slipped $0.07 per mile, mostly due to a decline in the fuel surcharge. Checking in across the country, 
start out as we always do up in the Northeast. Harrisburg checks in at the high water level, $3.65 per mile on average for flatbeds. In the Southeast region, Atlanta checks in showing a $2.41 per mile average for flatbeds. In the Midwest, Rock Island checks in at $2.57 per mile. In the South Central region, region coming out of Houston, Texas, we show an average of $2.25 per mile. And wrapping up for the West Coast, we are coming out of Phoenix. We're showing Phoenix shows an average of $1.69 per mile on average for flatbeds. And now moving on to the, the segment of the freight that is near and dear to my heart, the reefer segment. Uh, the national reefer demand and capacity for March 22nd through the 28th, demand for reefers was unchanged last week as capacity tightened to 3.9%. The load-to-truck ratio rose 4.4% as a result from 7.82 to 8.2 loads per truck on average nationally. February rates dipped 7%. Reefer load availability declined 14% and capacity added 1.7% in February. Compared to January, the resulting load-to-truck ratio dipped 15% from 9.1 to 7.7 compared to the extreme weather-driven demand of last year, February 2014. The, ra the ratio declined 51%. Last year was just uh, really crazy with all the weather and everything that was going on. Um, it really was just, uh, man, it, it was it was a wild, crazy, fun time if you had your the, your own authority and your ability to oh, go out and negotiate rates. Last year we were seeing and hearing about killer numbers that were coming back in, um, starting to come back down to earth a little bit, but we still are uh, still this very strong market out there if you position yourself properly on the spot market. Uh, moving on to the national rates for reefers for this past week, national average rates for reefers were unchanged last week at $2.15 per mile, including the fuel surcharge. Reefer rates dropped 12 cents in February compared to January, National average and lost eight cents compared to February of 2014. So, starting out in the northeastern corridor, we have Elizabeth, New Jersey, showing two dollars and eighteen cents per mile average for reefer freight. In the southeast, Lakeland, Florida, checks in, showing a one dollar and sixty-nine cents per mile average coming out of Lakeland, Florida. Coming out of the Midwest, we have Green Bay, Wisconsin, checking in at $2.83 per mile on average, which sets the high water mark for uh, reefer freight. Coming out of the Rio Grande Valley, representing the south central portion of the United States, Nick Allen shows a solid $2 per mile on average for reefers. I probably want to reword that $2 a mile for reefers doesn't really uh, make anybody get too excited anymore. And uh, coming out of Fresno, showing a $1.99 per mile on average coming out of Fresno, California. And that pretty much wraps up the DAT trend lines report for this week. Let's see if I can find our good friend, Mr. Chuck Snow. So just hold on with me for a second, guys. I got to get Chuck pulled up here.
don't see Chuck on the, Chuck, if you're on the line, press number one to put you up to the top of the queue. There we go. Chuck, are you there? I'm here, Rico. All right. <laughs> I was getting a little concerned. I was like, well, where did Chuck go? I thought he was in here. <laughs> you know what? The uh, She's not prompting when you uh, when I called in. She didn't prompt me right away, so maybe that was the issue. And I was just listening to you. And okay. then she all, all of a sudden it came on and said uh, press so I could hear her say something. So maybe it's working now. Okay, well. Cool. Well, let, if if it didn't prompt you, then maybe it didn't prompt anyone else because the system has a different little layout as I'm, I'm logged into the system right now. So anyone that's on the line, if you have a question for myself or Chuck Snow, you can go ahead and press number one that puts you in the queue for us to see you, to bring you up and bring you on to on the air. Uh, Chuck, so I know that you got a chance to get down to Gats last week. I uh, wanted to try to check in with you and see exactly how did your trip go and was there anything new and exciting you'd like to share with us that you uh, came away with at Gats last week? Well, I went down to uh, to take a look at some equipment also just to meet up with people that I do business with and people that I'd like to do business with. And overall, it was a just a, a roaring success. Uh, met all sorts of great people. Uh, saw some other great people that I knew from before. And it was a uh, it was a real real success. It was uh, it was good. It was a good show. They had a lot of equipment. You, you know, the problem is is you you go there, and I was fortunate to be able to get in on Thursday morning on a VIP pass. And uh, Thursday I went around and visited a whole bunch of people and walked most of the show. And uh, Friday. It. Uh, I went back to to finish it, and uh, it got so busy. It was a zoo. It's really hard to to compact all of that show in in, in you know uh, two days. It's it's a lot of work, but I certainly learned a lot. I went to um, I went to a really good seminar uh, that was um, that was sponsored by a, a new group. Uh, that's um, that's pushing to have America earn back or American trucking earn back its respect, um, and it was a it was a real interesting seminar, um, and it's something that you and I have discussed a few times in the past about uh, presenting ourselves and and what they brought up was how poor the uh, the respect is for truckers and the trucking industry. And I believe the organization is called uh, Trucking Moves America, um, and it's so true because, of course, as we we all know, nothing happens without a truck. And over the last forty years or so, ever since those, some of those awful Smokey and the Bandit movies, and uh, <laughs> a lot of well, you know what? They didn't do us any favors. They really didn't. They took us from being. Uh, very, very well respected and knights of the road. And I'm old enough, I guess I'm giving my age away, but I remember when truck drivers wore uniforms. And and there was a real pride. And it's gone now to, it's a job that people take, some of the, or some people take when they're in between jobs. And that's a real problem. 
and it's the way people dress. We've had all sorts of um, bad publicity where a lot of times it's not even a large truck involved, and you see the front page of the paper on the news that a truck did something horrendous, only to find out later that it was only a pickup truck. And with some Yahoo, you know, that got drunk and, and, and did damage to somebody or did something awful. And everybody from our industry gets a black eye over it. And it's not right. Right. And this group and, is, and, is and, working. And, well, go ahead, Chuck. Let me let you finish. Yeah, no, this group I, I, is I, working I, I, hard. We're missing. To, 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 our, to help us uh, in getting our respect back. And I think when our respect comes back, I think you'll see our rates come back as well. Absolutely. I wanted to uh, try to get a chance to get in. Kind of, we got a bunch of new callers on the line with us tonight, Chuck, and everyone may not be familiar with yourself, so I kind of was a little remiss in giving you an introduction. Let me um, let me say this. Uh, for the guys and girls that are joining us tonight, Chuck Snow is a good friend, mentor of ours, and uh, he's gracious enough with his time to come on and share tons of his insight. Chuck Snow runs the oldest uh, brokerage out of Canada uh, and also traffic. So he brings to us a wealth of knowledge from both the brokering aspect and also from the asset-based asset, uh, asset-based side of the business. So if you have any questions or uh, anything like that that you would like to, if you wanted to, to speak to someone, had an opportunity to speak to someone that may be doing things on a bigger and better level, and where you may be currently right now, it's a perfect opportunity to maybe get in here and uh, pick Chuck's brain. He's gracious enough to come on and spend some time with us once a month or sometimes twice a month, and he gets in and he shares. Uh, he doesn't hold any punches, kind of like Henry Seaton. He doesn't hold any punches, and he tells it like it is, and he gives you the straight dope. Um, so with that said, I just wanted to make sure that everyone had a, a proper uh, acquaintance with yourself, Chuck. Uh, anything that I miss? No, thanks, Rico. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we got one gentleman, uh, Mike. He wants to get in. Let's see if I can pull him up right now. Mike had a question. Uh, Mike, you're on live with Rico and Chuck. Uh, how can we help? Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot, you guys, for taking your time to do this. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I'll be asking you some questions about uh, uh, loads and rates. Uh, but I wanted to also say this morning that I called uh, uh, Kevin Rutherford and he referred me to uh, uh, this blog. And uh, so they sent me a little email message and uh, I clicked on it and here I am. Uh, to follow up on uh, what your guest said, the, the recording is not offering the uh, option of number one, so you can get queued in. I just did it uh, out of habit. So that's how I got in. And there may or may not be other people that uh, are standing in line and we're waiting. But anyways, on with my question. Uh, I primarily get loads out of the Las Vegas area. And uh, I have a specific area that I look at. And what I'm experiencing uh, in the last couple of months is a huge drop in loads. I do flatbed. I haul flatbed. So I can expect uh, uh, loads to drop off uh, in the uh, winter season and pick up during the construction season. But that said, 
January, February, and March, I really didn't have the uh, options to grab as many loads as, as I could. Uh, it was cut in half, basically. The options were cut in half. Uh, so I did about half the loads I was, I, I was able to do in the past. Now, let me uh, follow up by saying that I'm new to uh, uh, having my own authority and also flatbedding, which I started in 2012. So uh, I'm just getting my sea legs here after 2014. We had a pretty good run up there in the construction season and got pretty well for it. Uh, but now, uh, that all that said, I have been watching for the last, since 2012, and the loads just don't seem to have been this bad at this particular period of time. When I looked up, I think, DAT and read some information on it, they said that they expect the loads to pick up uh, in the second quarter. Again, that said, the first quarter has not been this bad, and I am have serious concerns about whether or not uh, we've got some kind of a, a, a drop in the economy and maybe flatbedders or the canary in the mine. So if you can help okay, me with that my, thought. Uh, Okay, Mike. Let me let me make sure I got this right. Flatbedding. You're out of. You're based out of Las Vegas. Is that correct, or is that just the primary area that you go to? That's the primary area. Where are you from? Where 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 are you based out of? That's that's basically where I'm based out of. That's where I'm based out of, and that's okay. where I take my loads out. That's how I get kicked off. Uh, 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 each season is out of Rico, that area. Rico, can I answer part of this? Um, there's, certainly, certainly. There's a couple of issues you've got. Number one, uh, you start off in January. Uh, historically, January slow in the trucking business unless we're in just a boom year. Uh, January will be off a little bit. We had a port strike for a while in California, if you remember. Yes. Okay, so all of a sudden, any truckers that were doing the same thing as you're doing or truckers, you know, even fleets that are based somewhere in uh, in Vegas area or for even, a fur, you know, further uh, east and west, um, they probably uh, felt it because they're, some of their hauls were out of California, and certainly the California guys felt it, so there were less loads for the flatbeds uh, at that time, especially in that area. Uh, we noticed ourselves when we ran some uh, some equipment out into California, some flatbed equipment, that fleet equipment, uh, we couldn't get a load back for, for love or money. It was just horrendous. So that's part of it. We also just finished a nasty, nasty winter. Um, in some places, construction happens right through the winter, even in the cold, places like Jersey and up in Canada. A lot of construction projects they had to stop doing what they were doing because it just got too cold for to operate the site. So that's part of what you're seeing. It was a it was a seasonal abnorm, anomaly. Uh, what I think that's what I think, anyways. Um, I don't think I think the economy's doing okay there, Mike. Well, the, the and and I can understand all those particular points because I follow them along as best I can in my own remedial way. But uh, that doesn't speak to the uh, uh, idea or the notion that the loads, the actual loads are actually uh, like cut in half. 
in the southwest here. Now, I just I just haul a regional. Uh, within 600 miles, sometimes I stretch that. Uh, if i got to go 650, that means uh, six, 700, then I have to hang out for 10 hours, and I don't like doing that. But that's superfluous information. Uh, again, what I'm seeing is is half half the loads. I'm sitting here looking at an area that I usually what, look at, and, it, and it's got about let me, 50 let me, loads. Let, let me jump in. Yeah. Let me jump in for a second, Michael. Let me jump in. For, um, okay. How many uh, companies have you are, you are you depending primarily on load boards for all of your freight, or are you trying to solicit any direct customers? Well, I've got two customers uh, that – that I use primarily, but I'm using a load board for this conversation, and they post their loads to the load board, so the shippers aren't shipping, uh, and the loads boards aren't posting. And out of Las Vegas, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've seen like a shameful 80 loads, uh, or even less. I mean, I hate to say I, I, I believe I saw 50 loads uh, for flatbeds, and usually it will eat see at least twice as much as that. So uh, what's I your, use uh, what is your area? What is your area? Yes, sir. What, what area do you service? Do you from Las Vegas? Where do you where do you primarily go to? Uh, six uh, six to seven hundred miles out. That would be uh, no California, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, Go to uh, uh, Nevada, Utah, uh, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, and of course Arizona. Okay, so that you know what? what, what? You know part what of the other reason. Suggest... Go ahead, Rico. No, what, what I was going to suggest to you, Mike, is that you what you may need to do if, if you're just one truck and one one trailer. Is that correct? Do you have more than one truck, or are you just one truck, one trailer guy? One truck, one trailer guy. Okay. What you what what, what I would suggest is that you start to begin to narrow down and try and and try and build what we what I try to call like a, a dumbbell concept. Try to figure out a city on the opposite end from Las Vegas. Las Vegas is your domicile. So let's let's drop a let's do maybe a hundred mile radius around Las Vegas and try to find as many people in that hundred mile radius in Las Vegas that ships and then try to find you another area that is that is plentiful with flatbed type freight that comes back to Las Vegas. And when you're coming back to Las Vegas, let's try and see, you know, try and see in that other city that will be your dumbbell. So you're going to go back and forth between put a hundred mile radius down between that other city. Let's say, for instance, and I'm just I'm just pulling the city out of out of thin air. Let's just say okay. if you go up to um, uh, say if you go up to uh, 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 Seattle, Washington, or something from out of Las Vegas, um, you want to try and put a hundred mile radius around Seattle, hundred mile radius around Las Vegas. And try to find all of the flatbed shippers that you possibly can in, that, in those areas, and primary service those areas. That way, you try to insulate yourself from the fluctuations of the spot market. The spot market is just like the stock market, and so, so you know, what I'm saying where you got you're going to have your peaks and you're going to have your valleys. To, to insulate yourself from a, a little bit of the vol volatility from the spot market. It's best to try to create your own market, try to create your own customer base, 
and seek out those uh, um, people that are shipping primarily flatbed that are going back and forth between your primary service area. It's going to be difficult for you to get uh, a lot of freight going in a bunch of different areas uh, as a one-truck, one-trailer guy. Uh, you, you just won't be able to provide the capacity that's going to be required and that they, they're going to demand uh, to get anything decent from them. Um, that would be to try and narrow down and, and, and really get focused on what it is that you want. Um, and, and that's to, you know, get your cost on Of course, you, you sound like you run a pretty good operation. You sound like you, you, you're a reasonably intelligent uh, guy. You, you get your cost of operations and everything under control, and then it also will help you um, once you narrow down your dumbbell, your operating service area, it also help you get your operating cost under further control because you'll take into consideration, you'll automatically start to get more familiar with what the, the fuel prices are in that particular lane. Uh, where you can get your you, you know your repairs and maintenance done if you, if you don't do it yourself, you know you can start to develop those relationships in those different cities and start to help bring down and and, and tighten up, button down uh, your ship to run a better ship. Uh, Chuck, anything that you want to add on top of that? Rico, you've given him uh, you've given Mike some tremendous information. Mike, I'm going to add something to it. You're living in a city that's probably become the convention capital of North America. Um, if you do some homework and you take a look at trade shows that are coming uh, to the United States or coming to uh, Las Vegas, and you take a look at certain trade shows are going to have um, machine shows, anything like that, and if you take a look at last year's exhibitor list, um, you may be able to garner some business from that and call those companies direct that may be in Boise, Idaho, or Salt Lake City. And, and Rico's giving you some great advice. Use, um, use Vegas uh, as your head haul, even though it's your back haul. And I think okay. sometimes you're going to find yourself, you'll have enough money on some of these trade show deals where you can run empty if you have to to Salt Lake or to Boise. Or you can pick up, you know, just a couple of pallets that you can throw on your truck. What do you have for a trailer? A 48-foot flat with uh, 102 inches. Okay. Um, part of your issue may be sometimes what I have found is, uh, and I don't run a lot of flatbeds. I run some steps. Uh, the flatbed's not very versatile, especially when it comes to machinery. And I think you may be losing some opportunities there's a lot of tall freight. Have you looked at LTLing at all? Uh, no, that's a little complicated for me at this point in time. Uh, and uh, when I'm speaking, when I'm looking at the uh, load board, I'm seeing a flatbed and step deck. And what I'm communicating here is is not my lack of ability to uh, 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 find loads because they're hidden there somewhere. Uh, my my concern is that uh, it looks like we've got a real big drop-off, although we may be picking up here in the second quarter, but we've got a real big drop-off in flatbed loads out of the Las Vegas area, no matter how you slice it. But Mike, anyways, it, uh, I think right. you spent a lot of enough, enough time on me. You probably have other guys you want well, to talk to. Well, one thing I want you to keep in mind that's, that's certainly affecting you and a lot of flatbed companies in the U.S., uh, the oil industry has gone down the tank. And a year ago, the 
the oil and natural gas industries were sucking up every single flatbed they could lay their hands on. Now all of a sudden those trucks are idle and they're they're taking some of your business directly or indirectly those those other trucks. Well, they must be taking it indirectly because, like I'm saying, I'm using load board as a measure, and and I'm seeing half the loads that I saw before. Although, like I said, they are picking up a little bit here in Vegas here after April 1st. I'm seeing uh, 176 loads in a 50-mile radius, and there's really no reason to go beyond 50 miles because there's nothing out past 50 miles in Las Vegas. Right. It's all in Las Vegas. One, one, one thing, so one, one thing that you, one thing that you want to, I wanna, I wanna, hey, Mike. Let me, let me add this. One, one other thing is out of Las Vegas, out of that 176 loads, California is 101, which doesn't leave much uh, meat on the bone for the rest of us. But that's not the problem. Like I said, there seems to be a shortage of loads. But anyways, I've said everything I got to say. Um, I'm going to sit here and listen. All right, Michael. Sure. We appreciate the call, but one thing that Thanks I that you want to keep in mind, you want to keep in mind, Mike, is that um, when you're looking at a load board as well, some brokers, you know, a lot of your good brokers that have repetition with customers and everything, and Chuck can speak to this. They're a little coy. They're not going to post all of the, all of their loads. So sometimes, you know, if you're trying to use a load board as a, as an indicator, and and we talk about using all the tools that are available that load boards offer, and and that helps give you. Uh, kind of helps helps you with your crystal ball a little bit, but um, you know when you're dealing with a area like Las Vegas, um, I'm not really too familiar with Las Vegas, and I'm not really too familiar with flat bedding. I'm just telling you from general experience, uh, from from the trucking aspect of what what I bring to the table, and and Chuck can maybe speak to it a little bit more. But you know, if you got really good people that are shipping in the Las Vegas area, and like Chuck was saying, like convention stuff. That stuff is going to be, uh, you know, that's kind of prime real estate, and they're not really just wanting anybody to, to pull that stuff, and they're not going to give that to just anybody. So, you know, you have to be uh, cautious about saying, okay, well, using that as an indicator. And maybe, Chuck, you can speak a little bit more to, you know, having your best loads and having your, your, your pocket list of, of carriers that you're going to call that, that loads that are not even going to see the daylight on, on a load board. The great loads, as a rule, the great steady loads never see a load board. Um, the great steady loads, there's usually a broker and a good carrier involved. And the, the loads that we're seeing on load boards are all spot moves. And so often what happens is a, you have a carrier, and this does happen quite often, is there's a carrier and a broker, and even on a spot move, and the um, and they'll get rates from different carriers, and then they'll call their favorite, and they'll say, "Listen, uh, you know, the lowest rate I got is 500 for this these two skids. Um, do will you do it for 495 so that the broker can justify it? So you're never even going to get a chance. You become a quoting machine, and we see that on our asset side all the time because we chase load boards as well." to fill out LTL trucks, and when we get stuck in certain areas where we have more trucks than we do loads, it happens, um, and we're not taking freight direct from customers, and, and we know what goes on. We, we just become quoters, and when we're becoming quoters, well, then we stop dealing with those brokers, but that's what you're up against. Um, you know, I think that you've, you know, hopefully you've come away tonight with some good ideas on on how to build this thing. I think the fact that you're 
you're domiciled out of Vegas. I just think you need to think different and go after the freak coming into Vegas, and I think you'll be very successful. And and one more thing that I, that I would like to add is, is Mike. And I'm going to try to. Uh, and if you're members on some of the Facebook groups, we have put out some uh, different websites and everything where you can try to find uh, different shippers right there in your area, different free resources. You don't have to nothing that you got to go pay any money for or anything like that. It's just going to take a little bit of time and ingenuity on your part. Thing that I, I want to just throw in as well is that. Um, I run I run reefer freight, which is also very seasonal. I'm out of the southeast, uh, but I have a direct customer here uh, that I service, and it really insulates me when times get real lean out on the spot market. I'm really not really uh, affected by it as much. I don't I don't feel the pain or the crunch as bad as I used to when I was just running spot market freight on the uh, open market because my steady direct customer that ships uh, two or three loads a week. It's always pumping. It's got me moving, and, and I and, and I just try to my best to service and, and service the hell out of that customer and give them everything that they need and everything that they want to uh, try to keep myself from having to go out here and chase that spot market freight. So, you know, just uh, I, you sounded a little discouraged. I, I'll hopefully try to give you a little bit more inspiration let you know that there is the, the light at the end of the tunnel is not necessarily, necessarily a train. Uh, but you know, you, there is there is hope that is still available out there. Uh, just I'm I'm a big proponent here on this show. Um, people can do it whichever way they feel like, whatever floats your boat. But I'm a big proponent of trying to go out and and get your own customers, and it's difficult. It's 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 hard if you're not used to doing it. But don't let no uh, break your spirit. Don't let that uh, deter you from wanting to, to you know to go out and and take the bull by the horn, so to speak to determine your own destiny. Um, go out and get it. Nobody's going to give it to you. We got to go out and get it. We got to go out and make it happen. And so I just want to just give you those, those few little, little words of encouragement and, and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe uh, if, you, if you're a member on any of the Facebook groups, uh, check out some of the resources as far as, uh, and I'll mention them over the air. There's uh, Thomas Net is a free resource that you can go to to look up people that ship uh, metal pipes and stuff, you know, any kind of flatbed stuff. Uh, make sure you learn all your uh, SIC codes when it comes to flatbed material so that you, when you're looking into uh, industry directories and stuff like that, that you can start to find uh, people in your own backyard. Ride around the industrial parks or, or whatever, um, you know, tons of different things. Chuck, anything that I'm, I may be missing that, as a broker that you might can uh, shed some light on to, to go out and find a direct customer that you may not well, know Well, I think you're on the right um I think you're on the right track here. I think that um, going into the industrial parks now, there's only there's a small, a couple of small industrial parks. Uh, they're not huge in Vegas, so I think sometimes your pickings get a little bit slim on your outbound freight. So I honestly think you need to start concentrating on the inbound, and I think that's going to make a difference. People will pay huge money for that. And if you start advertising in in that even three or four, like three to six hundred mile radius, post your truck on those boards. Uh, load wanted to Vegas. Nobody wants to go to Vegas. People want to go to California. Um, and the reason nobody wants to go to Vegas because there's not a lot out of Vegas. So if you do it in reverse, I think you're going to be fine. And then you'll find something. Uh, keep working on it as hard as you can to find loads going 
out of Vegas, but keep looking for those loads. If you can find loads in the 300-mile area, like Salt Lake City, you'll get enough money from Salt Lake City going into Vegas. You don't, you run empty. Don't worry about it. And you'll make more money and have a lot less stress. And, and one other thing I do want to add, you went out and you got your own authority and your own insurance. And I'm proud of you, and I'm glad you did it. But the whole idea of getting your own authority and your own insurance is to get your own business. And if you're not committed to doing that, then why'd you do it? And that goes for anybody listening. Um, that's the whole idea. Otherwise, you may as well just lease on with whoever, Landstar or uh, Maverick or whoever they are, uh, and let them find the loads for you. You want independence, there it is. got to take it. And I'll close with that. All right. And please, Mike, give us a call back. Give us some, uh, um, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks or so, give us a call back. Give us some feedback on, you know, if you try any of this stuff uh, that we, we talked about, if there's anything else that we might be able to help out with, uh, please follow back up with us. And with that said, we got a caller calling in from Area Code. My daughter's on spring break. They done left me high and dry, Chuck, so I don't even have to call screen tonight. Uh, <laughs> 402, caller from the 402, you're on live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Uh, hello, Rico. Hello, Chuck. Hi there. Hey, I got a, I got a comment, and it, it, I just experienced it this week. That a, a broker I do a lot of work for, uh, a couple of certain loads that I do quite often, changed offices, and at the same point, it lowered the rate. My comment back hello, to <laughs> the comment that uh, I went back with was, uh, you know, what they do, change the office and drop their weight so they could, so, the, you know, the broker could make a little bit more or what? And then uh, what came back to me was, well, it sounds like a pretty good theory. Is more and more of that going on? Well, amongst um, unethical brokers, yes. Uh, some bro- There are brokers out there that have no respect whatsoever for what we're trying to do with our trucks. And they don't care. And I'm not going to sit here and slander any of them by name, but we all know who they are. And, they, you know, it's all a matter of dollars and cents. And they're brokers. And they're, they have an attitude of, you know, they'll, um, they'll screw someone over today, and they're not going to worry about having that truck there tomorrow. And that's who you're dealing with is a brokerage house that is like that. Now, there are some brokerage houses that, just totally work on rate of the day. And then you've got, uh, you have things going on in brokerage houses where maybe they had to adjust a rate. Uh, somebody came in. Um, there's so much competition in this third-party brokerage world today that sometimes a broker will have an account and another broker will come in and offer 10 or $20 less and the broker may take a little bit out of his commission, but he's not taking the whole 10 or $20. He's going to cut the rate, if he can, to the trucker. You know, and it's the road to nowhere. So, right. that, you know, that happens as well. Okay. And, you know, and one more thing that, 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 I, that I want to put out here is that um, I've got my other truck running now, and we're running him a little bit more on the spot market. And... 
guys, you got to um, understand, especially on the spot market, try to get as much information as you can as far as the load to truck ratio. I know a lot of people have been uh, slamming, uh, you know, different things that they've been saying about the load truck ratio and everything. Uh, but I've been using it with tremendous success on, on the spot market when I've had to use it. And I know that um, when when I'm in particular places, when I know that I'm in a strong area, and you'll know it, you don't even have to, you really don't even have to have a, um, a, a low board with all the bells and whistles if you're in a really strong market because you'll know it because your phone just will practically incinerate in your hand from, from the brokers calling you trying to get their freight moved. And when you're in that type of position, you have to understand how to dig in with your heels and hold firm to the rate or maybe even throw a little extra in there if it's if it's just if you're if it's strictly a down and dirty spot market move and that's what you're here for, uh, do that, dig in, get you know, get the I, by all means get the money. But if you're trying to build a relationship and everything, you have to remember that you gotta kinda also be flexible on some things as well. Uh, you can't just you just can't bend them over and do them dirty every time if you're trying to build a relationship with someone. So, but but when you're in that type of position, you have to take advantage of it when you're in that position because they always take advantage of it when you're not in that position. I think you you know that that says it all. It's supply and demand, and the spot market is a live market, and they're you know the brokers are going to bend you over. Whenever they get a chance, and that's you know when when there's a million trucks and one load, uh, they're going to take advantage. And when there's a million loads and one truck, you need to take advantage. That's just the way it is. That makes it all fair and square. Uh, yes, sir. I don't know if we lost our caller or not. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, we got a, got a couple more calls calling in and got some questions, so we'll just move on down the line and try to get everybody in. We got a caller calling in from the 715 area code. Caller, what's your name? And you're on live with Rico and Chuck. Yeah, this is Chet, and uh, I just uh, thank you guys for, for doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Um, I'm actually on my last load for or the last run for somebody else's authority, and then I start on my own. Congratulations. And, uh, well, thank you. And exactly what you said, Chuck, is, is I'm doing this because I want my business and I want it to grow. Um, I guess my question I have for you is I'm about 50 miles southeast of St. Paul, just across the border in Wisconsin, and it's a good area getting out, but um, I guess i just like some suggestions on how far a guy should go on a dumbbell, you know, uh, down to Charlotte, North Carolina, and come back, or keep it to Kentucky, or, uh, you know, what what would you suggest as the... Well, uh, first question I'm going to ask you, what sort of trailer are you going to have? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a it's a reefer, 53 foot swing door reefer. Okay, uh, so you got St. Paul, yeah, and that's a great area. I just started to play in your backyard again um, after a long time with uh, with an LTL uh, company I bo- just bought, um, and there's a lot of freight in and out of there. Um, so I imagine that the St. Paul region. The Greater St. Paul region is going to consume a lot of products, and I think what you have to figure out is you can play with. What year is your tractor and your trailer? Uh, tractor's a 2000, and the trailer's a 2008. Okay, you're not going into California. No, um, 
okay? And you may want to find a product. Uh, being in Wisconsin, it won't be dairy because you're in the dairy, you know, you're in dairy country anyways. Uh, but there, you know, there may be some meat product that's coming out of somewhere. And I don't know, um, you know, I know Chicago, for example, is a great hub. Um, it's not that far. It's probably about 350 miles away from you. And, you know, a 350-mile trip, you get more money than you do on a 1,000-mile trip. And I always said, you know, trucks are stupid. They don't know where they're going. They're trucks. So, But all of a sudden, you get a lot more money for going a lot fewer miles. Okay. Um, so I would probably look at a place like Chicago if I was starting because you've got an awful lot of uh, meat packers and there's probably dairy or something. There's lots of product coming out of your area. Um, and I would imagine you would have no problem getting a load into Chicago, and you'd have no problem getting a load from Chicago back into Minneapolis. And that could be a great lane for somebody, I would think. All right. I just kind of wanted your guys' opinion on what you thought the distance was for uh, you know the best profit. Well, the other thing is because your truck is... So, no, your truck is not, you know, it's a little older, and this way if you have a problem, you've only got 350 miles from home. Yeah, yep. Go ahead, Rico. One more thing that I would add that I would add to it, Chad, is that uh, if you if you have a load board, if you have access to a load board, I would use some of the tools that the load board does offer. Uh, DAT I can speak of, and, and I don't get paid. I don't, I'm not a, uh, I don't get paid from DAT. Um just with full, full, full disclosure, I don't get a check from DAT, but um, they have a tool that is that has a um, the load uh, the monthly for it does like a, an entire year, and it has like the load to truck ratio out of different markets, and you can okay. use that tool to try to identify uh, what markets have um, you know stay above a certain level as far as the load to truck ratios are concerned. And what that and what that tool does is that gives you an indicator, like Chuck was saying, it gives you an indicator of exactly if that is the right market for you to target as far as the type of equipment type that you have. So with, with a reefer, I would be looking for markets that stay above five loads per truck year round. I would stay. I would try to stay oh, above five for for reefers on that on DAT's load to truck ratio. The magic number for reefers to me is five. If you can be above five, you can just about uh, go in and demand your price. You know, you can still be fair, but you can you can you can pretty much get your price across and and with with little to no resistance, um, because it's, it's it's really it will really be a carrier's market if it's above a five to load load the truck ratio in those particular okay. markets. So try to if, if you have access to those tools. Use those tools to try to identify, you know, and, and I would just try to maybe uh, single out other major cities. Um, and, and the other thing about you were saying was, well, Chuck gave you one scenario of staying, you know, fairly close to to the house. But if you like to kind of stretch your legs a little bit, yeah, take your take your dumbbell and go out, uh, you know, legally. Uh, you could, you know, because we got to be also be mindful of, you know, we are heavily regulated industry. So try to make sure that you try to stay, uh, you know, if you want a two-day run, you know, do anything from, um, I say, I like to stay at 450, I like, four, 450 miles or 500 miles. Of course, it gives you plenty of time to be able to do it in one day, but if you want to double that and make it a two-day run, three-day three day run, however however you want to do it, 
but you can do your little radius on those on those uh on on the 450 increments and, and take it out for okay. a one day, two day, three day run, and and kind of take take your uh and go around your radius and look at the major cities that your radius hit. And, and maybe okay. target those and see how the uh, low the truck ratios are in those major cities coming back to uh, coming back to Minnesota. That's one tool that uh, helped me out a lot. All right, and then and then that thing you were talking about that tool. I, I got members edge. Is, is that something? Is that something I'd have to talk to Dad about to get that other uh, the one you were just talking about on the the amount of loads going out? Well, you you you, you already with. You're already with DAT, so it would never hurt to give them a call uh, and ask them to uh, say, "Hey, you know, I, I want I may consider an upgrade and, and get them to give you uh, get them to give you a free trial on some things. Let them get you get it, you know, once you get a, get your authority or whatever. See if they'll give you give you an upgrade, a free trial on, on some of the uh, higher tier low boards. I always try to, okay. you know, that's another part of negotiating. That's another thing to put in your put in your two put in your tube belt. I always try to get. Get something, you know. Try to get a little, uh, a little nugget, a little freebie, so that you can actually see what it is that you're going to be paying for. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for the answers, and I, like I said, I really appreciate what you've done. Uh, if it wasn't for uh, Kevin Rutherford and all the guys on the groups that uh, like you, Rico, and and the rest of them, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So thanks again. Well, good oh, luck. If you need us, give us a call. All right. Thank you. Please. All right, man, Chuck, I tell you, time is just I know. Wow, we, got about, <laughs> we got about five minutes left in the show, and we got a ton of people with questions. We're going to try to get these questions in. The caller calling in from the 806 area code. Please tell us your name. You're on live with Rico and Chuck. Yeah, Rico, my name's Colin. Um, I wanted to make a comment, uh, not only for the Las Vegas guy, but for a lot of the guys. But uh, listen to the Vegas guy, there's two different things. There's a big Richie Brothers yard there. So, if he is in town when the auction's going on and he goes out there, he can actually drum up a lot of business for hauling from the auction out. And then what I do a lot of the time is, if I was him, I would come home to Vegas I would decide whatever my radius is, 500, 750 miles, and I would search all the loads coming to Las Vegas within my radius. And then I would find the best paying loads. I would then compare the loads coming out of Vegas to try and get close there, call up one of those guys, because if you're only two or three days away, more than likely, they're willing to wait two or three days for you to get up there, grab that load, and bring it back. So that way you can work out your break-even point. And obviously, freight has to get to Las Vegas for the auction as well. So by working both sides of the, the auction, he could probably do quite well. Great idea. Great advice, Colin. Great advice. We appreciate it, and, and that's what that's what helps uh, helps everybody uh, help us try to make this industry a better place by us sharing the free exchange and sharing of information. That is that is uh, golden right there. So I hope uh, Mike got that, and, and some of the other guys with flatbeds. Great advice, Colin. Anything else you want to add, or anything else you want to you want to lay on us while you're on the line? Well, I mean, basically, it's flatbed, reefer van. It doesn't matter. Whenever 
I'm in a location, and I've got trucks in a location, and I'm looking at, you know, if I've got to take a cheap load, which I hate to do, but sometimes you just got to roll the truck or you got to send them somewhere empty. And I'm always, like I said, I'm looking at what there is there now, but I'm looking at what the rate is going to be coming out of the new location. What you were talking about using on that, I run uh, Truck Stop. And on Truck Stop, we have Pintac and uh, something right. else, which shows you the load densities. And right. Well, right. I really I'm here like with it. Yeah, I can go in and I can see that there was, if I pick, say, Washington State, there was 500 reefer loads that uh, delivered in Washington today or this week, but there's only 300 to pick up. Well, you know you don't want to go there, but when it's right. dairy season, there's going to be 500 loads coming in, and 2,000 leaving. So, you know, you've got you've got to play both ends. You can't just book a load and pray that wherever you're going is going to be a good load. You've got to research your final destination before you accept the load that you're going to take to put on the truck to get to that destination. Amen. Amen, Colin. From, from, from your mouth to God's ears, I'll tell you, that's exactly right. You gotta if you're gonna play the spot markets, you gotta be savvy and all those different tips and things, uh, you know, we've been doing this for for a little while now and uh some of these things that we, we kinda forget or we get remiss and don't mention it, but but thanks for reminding us that's that's absolutely correct. You gotta make sure you do your homework before you get into a bad market or if you or if you know you're gonna go into a bad market, if you decide to go into that terrible market, make sure you take the back haul with you as the old trucker saying goes. Get a premium well, yeah. so that you can afford to come out of there with that dead head and, and do what you need to do to put yourself, to reposition yourself into a better market. You know, I mean, you'll call a broker and he's going to pay you a buck and a quarter to go to California because everybody thinks there's a freight coming out of California saying three or four dollars a mile. And you check the California market and it's paying a buck and a quarter coming back out or whatever it is. And Right, you know, right. You, Collar, I'm gonna put you. Collar, I'm gonna put you on hold. Collar, I'm gonna put you on hold for just one okay. second. I'm gonna do a little housekeeping while we're still on the air, and I'll come right back to you. Um, Chuck, just but while yes, we sir. got about 60 seconds left on air, wanted to give you an opportunity on while we're recording. Give out any contact information, anything that you would like to. If uh, people want to get in contact with you or something that you can share, the floor is yours. We'll let you get that on air right now. Okay, if anybody wants to reach me, they can call me at 800-388-4352. My extension is 203. My email is chuck at traffics, that's T-R-A-F-F-I-X dot com. And the website is www.traffics.com. We have all sorts of loads that we give out to uh, independent owner-operators and companies uh, that are interstate loads throughout the U.S. for flatbed, van, reefer, you name it, LTL, and truck loads. So uh, please give us a call. Thanks, Rico. So, no, Chuck, I appreciate you. Uh, you got a little bit of time. You can hang up, hang out, hang out with us a little while longer. We got a few more callers. I don't know if you got. Sure. I want to be uh, respectful of your time. All right. No 
All right, guys, we're going we're going into overtime. The recording has just ended. Questions, so we're going to stick around and answer some questions. So going back to if I can get Colin back, I hope I got Colin. Is that you? Yeah, I'm still here. So all right, you're yeah, all right. I, I uh, I got a lot of points I can make. I'll let some other people get in. I just wanted to make a comment. Was it you that had the attorney on, Mister Seaton, the other day? I'm sorry. Was it you that had the uh, the lawyer on like last week or the week yes. before? Anyway, yes, I've was, used yes, sir, I have used his services, and I would highly recommend anybody else do that if they have any questions or need anything. Absolutely, Henry Seaton is one of the best in the industry. I, I second that. I second that recommendation <laughs> strongly, strongly. Uh, uh, and, and and you won't find. You know, great salt of the earth guy. You won't find, uh, you know, many straight shooters. You know, as as Henry Seaton is. You know, credit to Henry, credit to Chuck. You know, professionals that come on and and willing to share their advice with us here on the Race and Main podcast. Well, forever grateful to these guys for taking times out of their busy schedule. Uh, thanks, Colin. We appreciate the call. Thanks for the information. Let's we're gonna move on to the caller calling in from Area Code three three six. You're on live with Rico and Chuck. What's your name, and I can help. Yes, my name's Donna Walt, and I'm from I'm in Oklahoma right now. Y'all talking about the getting your own authorities and own insurance? We're going to be paying our truck off next week. If we would get our own authority and our own insurance, thank you. What's what's this load board y'all keep on talking about? Well, we don't talk to nobody, would we? we Y'all talking about a national light board? Yeah, um, it's really it's a it's a it's a billboard that's used by the trucking industry posting available loads and trucks. Okay, and is it you just go to billboard.com or no? You go to dot uh, what is it dot dot com? D a t d a t dot com. D a t is dot com. Yes, ma'am. That's I use I use DAT. There's also uh, there is uh, Internet Truck Stop. DAT is a uh, paid sponsor. It, it, it's a sponsor of Kevin Rutherford's show. Uh, yeah. But uh, so so and, and I'm affiliated with Kevin Rutherford, but I do not receive a check from DAT. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, so I so I just try to give full disclosure. Uh, but there there's a slew of low boards. If you just Google uh, truck low boards. I'm pretty sure you'll get a ton of uh, a ton of hits coming back, but uh, but the main proponent that we are on this show, uh, the number one thing that we try to push, we talk about rates and lanes, and and that's the great thing, you know, we talk about that stuff. But what we want you to do is, if you're going to go ahead and get your own authority, we want you to take the bull by the horns and begin to go and try and solicit to get direct customers. Um, yeah. You know. Dealing with brokers is, is a necessary part of this industry. You're going to have to deal with deal with some every now and again, but if you but if you go out here and you get yourself some direct customers uh, and, and service them really good, it'll make life a whole lot more simpler, a whole lot easier, less stressful, uh, and and probably uh, even a little bit more lucrative as well. Okay, all right. And um, another question is, I don't know if you know the answer to this. The company we've been driving for does this for us now, but 
when we've got our own authority and everything, how do I figure up how much fuel tax we owe for each state we go through? There's a service. Oh. (laughs) You know what? You'll you'll drive yourself nuts with that one. You keep track of your miles and you, you outsource it. There's all sorts of... Uh, fuel tax services that you can hire uh, very reasonably so that you don't have to mess with that. And I strongly recommend it because if you make mistakes, it can cost you. Well, with, 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 the, with, the, with, the, advent, with the advent of tech, well, Donna, with, the, with the advent of technology, and Kevin Rutherford, I want my check. <laughs> if you go out and get uh, uh, Kevin Rutherford is teamed up with, uh, with Brad McNally, They've come out with the new uh, tablet, and it's actually uh, Rand McNally has has it set up to where uh, it, it will automatically break down and do your IFTA for you. So you, all you have to do is enter, you have to correctly enter the information in when you get your fuel. But if you have the GPS already in your truck, it's already tracking your mileage for every state that you're going through, and it takes you yeah, easy, have breezy, simple. Yeah, we have So so yeah, so you can hook that Rand McNally. Okay, so you can hook that you can hook that bad boy up to your uh, back up to your laptop and download that information, and boom, your IFT is already done, completed, out the door. You just send it off to the uh, to your state agency and and uh, hopefully get a refund. All right, yeah, that was the second part. How do you know which state gives the best refund? <laughs> The ones with the most expensive fuel. The thing about the thing about buying the thing about buying fuel, you have to understand how to buy fuel properly. Uh, make sure that you do, you use the correct analogy when it comes to buying fuel. And and one of the ways that uh, the quickest way, and sometimes it's not the most exact way, um, but you can use uh, you can there there is uh, fuel optimization um, applications or, or software out there that you can buy that'll help you with that. But one of the things that I used to do that I used to uh, um, go to the front page of your atlas. In the front page of your atlas, I think it's maybe page eight or something like that. And there's a breakdown of every state and what their uh, what the cost of what their taxes are in each state. Yeah. Take the duck that amount, the, deduct that tax amount off of the fuel price that you see on the marquee out on the road. And that will be when you deduct that that uh, tax from the fuel price out on the marquee. That's going to give you your true cost of fuel. So don't 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 be fooled by like say like for instance one of the best examples would be Georgia and Florida. You see guys all the time yeah, racing trying to get to Georgia to buy. <laughs> yeah, so you see guys racing all the time trying to get to Georgia to buy. You say it's always cheaper to buy fuel in Georgia. Well, no, it's not. Really, it's it's more expensive to buy fuel in Georgia because the tax rate in in Florida is something like thirty. Uh, I think like 33 cents or 34 cents. So you, if you take that 34 cents off of the marquee price that you see in Florida, Florida is a much better buy than the fuel in Georgia. And when you file well, your then, fuel, and fuel, in that, you that case, Pennsylvania or Connecticut would probably be one of your best states because they had the highest fuel tax. Well, you want to be careful about buying. That part is true, but you want to be careful about buying a lot of that fuel up north because you still got a lot of your winter winter blends and stuff in that fuel, so you want to be cautious about buying uh, uh, that much fuel up north. You have to be, look, the other thing, you know, you're getting into this. You don't have a lot of experience. If I can um, if I can give you some real good advice, um, you are, you're obviously familiar with Kevin Rutherford. Yeah, we 
Okay. Every night. <laughs> Good. Well, then, you now are you running team with your husband, or are you running single? Actually, he's been driving for 18 years. I just got my permit four months ago. He's been trained at me. Okay, that's uh, fine. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's good. Congratulations. Welcome to our industry. You and your husband need to sign up for the CMC, and I don't work for Kevin either, but I'm always <laughs> amazed at how much information is there for people like you that are getting into the industry or want to get in uh, you know, from, as an independent. And all all the mistakes that you are going to make if you don't take a course, this is the only way to get the, this information, really. You, he does have a book, but I haven't seen it yet, but knowing Kevin, it's done uh, perfect. However, if you if there's any room at that CMC, I promise you're going to make your money back tenfold. It'll be the okay. best couple thousand bucks you ever spent because all these questions that you're asking, and they're all darn good questions, are going to be addressed uh, next month at the CMC. All right. That's true. And this is my okay. last one, and I'm done, and I'll let you go to the next one. Last year, for the year 2014, we ran 156,000 miles. Well, he did. 156,000 miles. And our average... Figured out with our maintenance, our truck payment, our fuel, and everything, we average 95 cents a mile for each mile turn. It was that pretty good. Hold on a second. Is that what you averaged? What is that what your revenue was, or is that what your cost was? Our cost was. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, in keeping our fuel, our truck payment, our maintenance, our insurance, everything. everything. I don't. That's what, sorry. I don't think, you know, it, I, it's it's possible. I don't think you paid yourself much of a wage out of that, though, did you? Yeah, we still, yeah. We still um, I think we did. Out of the 95 cents, that's including a driver? No, 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 that's not. That's just a truck expense. Okay, I just want to make sure of that. Uh, 95 yeah, cents yeah. sounds, yeah, 95 cents sounds like you're doing things right. Um you know, it sounds good. We'd have to see the numbers to make sure they're, and I don't know what you're accounting for for tires, and I don't know. It really depends. A lot of it depends where you're running and, and what you're doing and everything else. Uh, you know, there's one cost associated when you're running heavy flatbed and you're, you know, you're getting. I'm sorry? Uh, my husband was trying to say something, Oh, well. 
we'll put them back on. We'll go. We'll go to the next caller. Caller calling in from uh, the two five four area code. One more, and we're going to be wrapped up. Caller, what's your name? Calling in from the two five four area code. Hello, caller. Yeah, we. We, we we putting them to sleep, Chuck. We putting them to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> caller, 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 the last last caller of the night. Caller calling in from the five eight five area code. Let's give it one more try, Chuck. Hey, Rico, it's Chuck. It's George. Heck, how are you? Hey, George, how you doing? I thought that was, I thought that was you, George. <laughs> doing doing very well. You know what, Chuck? One thing I like about you is just your hard brass tacks about things. This is not that hard of an industry. And, I, you know, uh, whether it be people even saying to me, oh, George, you must be lucky. I, I've spent the years in the industry, but you open up with talking about the image of this industry. You, you went on to talking about if you're going to be out here, have your own plates, have your own tags, have your own insurance. Why are you pulling from load boards? There are customers out here dying to work directly with everyone. It's just the facts, and, you know, people, yes, it's a lot of work, but good God, it just drives me nuts. I totally agree, uh, but, but, you know, it, to some people it's just, and I don't understand why they would go and get their own, I still can't, why get your own authority if you're just going to take work from load boards? Just work for a carrier, you can make a good living. Uh, that's okay. There's nothing disrespectful about it. And, uh, oh, not, not, yeah, not, not at all whatsoever. But you know, as I, as I said to so many folks, work to differentiate yourself, set yourself right. apart. You know, you talked about uh, with the one gentleman I believe from Minnesota, Wisconsin. Those short runs, I feel like I make more money on the short runs. I'm home. I have a better quality of life, and you know, and I quote round trip miles on those. Even of course you do. Yeah, and people will yeah. pay you, you know, uh, people will pay good money for those short runs because the other guys all want to be the high milers. And like I was saying yeah. earlier, you know, trucks are stupid. They don't know what they're doing. They're trucks. They're not going to drink any less fuel because they're going to California. It's still going to get six miles a gallon or whatever. It's not going to say, oh, great, I'm going to California. I'm going to get 10 miles per gallon. It's a truck. You know, it's funny you bring that up because, I mean, one thing I've done or I haven't done as I've worked to build my business, I kind of, I know where my gross numbers are, but now I'm getting down to the brass tax. We have our tax appointment, but I'm a couple years into it. But I'm looking at it as I'm putting all this together. I mean, my truck, I fuel two, maybe three times a month. There's guys out there doing that every week. That's right. It's so true. You know, and I just, yeah, and, you know, I'm I'm home. I'm able to catch up, you know, be here with family, and, well, <laughs> Rico will probably attest, I, I don't spend a whole lot of time on the road. And you don't I have to. I need to. Yes. You know, because it's, you know, people don't understand uh, volume equals vanity. And, you know, you get the Billy Big Rigger who wants to go to California, but really the guy that's doing the 300-mile uh, run rather than 2,000-mile run, at the end of the year, he's making more money uh, especially as an owner-operator, because his insurance is less because he doesn't have the exposure. When he does have that breakdown, he can probably nurse it back to his own shop. When you're out in the middle of nowhere, these guys, they can be bandits, and they'll soak you $800 for a tire. It happens to us. Yeah. And, no, you're, uh, you're, you know. You're, 
you're you're so right, and I just you know I, I just all I guess I'm trying to convey is you know folks, open your eyes and 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 you know I'm not saying everyone has blinders, but it you know the sales stuff is hard, but just be yourself. It, it comes around. It, it it really does. The, these people want to be taken care of because the the bar in this industry is so darn low. Yes, that's part of the that's part of the problem with our industry and that came along you know it started with deregulation that i was a big proponent of i pushed for deregulation sometimes you should be sorry what you wish for um it was better in the gypsy days i'll tell you but you know what it wasn't um it wasn't really sustainable forever uh so we had to do this but you know because we deregulated it we didn't have to pull this thing you know it, make it go from uh, from good to hell in a handbasket. And it was all those things that they talked about at that seminar I went to. You know, the uh, the problems that play, have plagued our industry, the image problems from, you know, for, from, as I mentioned, the lawyers, the obesity, the drug abuse, all the things that have hit this industry, they haven't done us any good. And, and that's where we've really got to start. Uh, and I hope anybody that's listening... Um, I hope you take this to heart. Do your part, whatever you can, to help all of us make this a better place. Um, Number one, if you do see anything that's wrong, if you see one of these advertisements from one of these uh, law firms, they mentioned uh, a horrendous ad that had a picture of a... uh, a T600 Kenworth in Maxim magazine. Of all places, it was a lawsuit, and they said, 18-wheel killer. And there was enough pressure put on Maxim Magazine to get a, a rebuttal on this. Um, and we need to challenge things when uh, things that are wrong. We need to challenge, and we all need to be on our best behavior. Uh, we're not going to teach four-wheelers lessons. The, the ones that are stupid, just let them go. Uh, you know, I know we get tipped off, and you want to run them off the road. Don't, because it's really costly. And, well, and even you know, the way Chuck, we... Who, who's you know what it comes down to with instances like that because there's a video going around where somebody got into a situation. Who's the professional? It's us behind the wheel. That's right. Suck exactly. it up. You know what? It's gonna stink. You're gonna have rude people. I deal with Metro New York and Long Island. I deal with New England. Yeah, I get cut off. Well, let let off the pedal. Relax. It's yeah. what happens if you don't want to run the Northeast. Go somewhere else. Yeah, they got idiots in the Northwest too, though. Well, yeah, I'm not going to dispute that. But, I mean, you know, you're you're just right. I think we all need to kind of speak up a little more for our industry and build the respect back. That's right. And also, the other thing I'm going to mention, and I think some people out there may get ticked off, but it's it's been one of my core beliefs, watch the way you dress. Um, you know, when you dress like you're going to the beach with your muscle shirt and your short pants and your sandals, you look like an idiot. <laughs> And when you when you go into a, to a port of entry and you're dressed like that, you will not get the same respect as the driver that looks respectable. And the same as when you go to customs, if you're crossing the border, or you go to see into a customer. Um, if you look like you're going to a beach, people don't take you seriously. And I think that's part of an image thing we have to fix. Um, no, no doubt on my side. Yeah, I think if we all work hard towards it, we can fix this. 
I, I just want to, uh, man, I, I was looking going through going through my schedule and everything. Uh, I forgot to mention while we were on the air. Um, we're not going to have a Racing Lane podcast next week. I'm going to be busy, tied up, uh, but we will be back on the 15th. For everyone listening in, we'll have, uh, hopefully, uh, i got to confirm it, but we should have Mr. Hearon Sheaton back on with us on the 15th. So if you have any uh, transportation legal questions or whatever, at that time, please shoot them over to us either on Facebook or make sure you join us on that evening and you can come in and ask your transportation legal questions directly to a transportation attorney. Uh, no lunch counter banter here. Get it straight from the get it get it get the straight uh, straight dope right from Henry Seaton himself. Um, George, I think you were. Oh, oh, somebody just pressed the button again. Uh, Chuck, you want to take one more call, George? You got anything to add before we get out of here? No, no. You guys good. have a wonderful night. Thanks as always. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thanks, George. You take care. Be George. safe. Yes, sir, George. We appreciate you calling in, George. It's great help. Um, need to get try to uh, schedule uh, one time to get George back on and get some more sales tips in from George. George is another guy uh, spent years as a freight salesman in the transportation industry. Always a great show with, uh, when George comes on and, and shares a little bit of information and knowledge with us as well. To have the last word calling in from the 832 area code, you're on live with Rico and Chuck. What's your name? Hello, caller. Uh, try it one more time. Oh, well, Chuck, we tried. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> we're putting them to sleep there. We're, 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 not, we're not live on the air anymore, Chuck, but if you want to if you want to uh, go ahead and uh, we still got quite a few callers still on the line. If you want to put your uh, information out there one more time before we wrap up, you're more than free to do it. Yeah, if anybody. Also, before, 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 before you do that, Chuck, I also just want to remind everybody, Chuck didn't plug it. Chuck also does a blog. Uh, a blog. He just put a blog out uh, earlier this week. So go and check out Chuck's blog. Um, I'm going to try to get a link to it and post it up in one of the groups as well. So go and check out Chuck's blog. He does a great job with his blog. Thank you. All right, Chuck. And if anybody yours. needs to get hold of me, uh, you can send me an email, chuck at traffics.com. Uh, you can call me at 800 388 Four three five two, my extension two zero three, and come visit our website www.traffics.com. If you need loads with within the United States, uh, interstate loads, we do have flatbed, we have van loads, and we have reefer loads, and we also have LTO freight as well. So keep in touch with us. Be glad to work with any of this. Thanks, Rico. Thank you, Chuck. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank everyone that helped make this show possible. We would like to give our thanks. And also, I didn't, I'm a little remiss, but I want to give our condolences to uh, Kevin and Lisa Rutherford. I think Lisa had lost her father a little while ago, and uh, we, f- we failed to make mention on it the last time we were on the air. So we want to send our condolences and everything to them and their family. Um, and we want to thank the entire Less Truck team. We want to check out... Uh, Make sure that you check out on Tuesday nights. Uh, Kenny Long has his show, Trucking with Authority. Uh, tomorrow night, our counterpart, Mr. Chad Bobley, he has his show on, uh, Brokers and Beyond. And Kim has her show. Uh, ooh, it's the name of the, her show is affording me right now, but it's, it's uh, about health. 
It's on every Friday, and I believe Mike and Kevin Beckett does their podcast on every Sunday evening. So go to uh, the Less Truck uh, page, and uh, all of the shows and times and call-in numbers are there. We'd like to thank everyone for their participation. And in the words of Kevin Rutherford, uh, Master the Journey, be safe out there, everyone. Thank you, God bless, and good night. Good night, Rico. Thanks a lot. Good night, Chuck. Appreciate it.